Welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. I am your host, Alfred Tabex, joined once again by Andy Spateri. Hello, folks. So, obviously, last week we didn't have a podcast. Uh, that was kind of to be expected. Some other stuff was going on uh, that I can't really get into, but just figured that it would be best to not uh, do the podcast because everybody's going to be playing Breath of the Wild on Friday anyways, and who really wants to listen to us talk when you can listen to the beautiful music in that game? Um, pretty much, but, yep. Now that everybody's pretty, not that everybody's had the chance to play it, but now that it's been out there for um, about a week as of this recording, um, we wanted to talk about it and wanted to talk about the Switch. That's pretty much all we're going to be talking about today. Um, is hitting on those two topics is is the Switch and Zelda. But for those of you that are only here for Zelda, don't worry. We'll talk about that first, and then we'll uh, hit on our impressions of the Switch uh, because I feel like both of those are important things. Uh, sadly, I don't know where Nate is, so it's just going to be Andy and I. Uh, but we're going to rock it, and we'll just get into it. So, first things first, I just want to talk about our first impressions with Breath of the Wild. Um, not even our favorite things yet, just like our first impressions, like maybe within our first hour of playing it. Um, it, just... was, it was pretty overwhelming. Because um, I, I think of the three of us, of me, you, and Nate, I was the only one who hadn't got a chance to play it pre-release before. Mm-hmm. So for me to finally like control Link in Breath of the Wild <coughs> versus watch videos of him running around was like you know absolutely incredible. Um, so I mean yeah, like I I doing it at a pretty slow pace. Uh, it probably took me a, you know an hour or so just to get out of the Great Plateau. But uh, you know I went around. I was having fun. I was trying things. I was climbing trees like Mr. Miyamoto. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was, it's, the first hour was, uh, quite a revelation. Yeah, I, after I, uh, got out of the Chamber of Resurrection, um, I immediately went over to the spot that I played at PAX, where I got killed multiple times by those, uh, Bacoblins. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys watched the E3, or the E3, the PAX footage from that, um, I died almost immediately when fighting them, um... And I went and took them out. I was like, nah, not not happening today. Uh, managed my to my first death out. was that big stone guy that's uh, just palace. kind of in the in the meadow there. Yeah. Yeah, I was severely underprepared for that fight. I thought it was gonna be a lot easier than it was. Now it's easy. Mm-hmm. I've got like all the weapons to take him out and stuff. But like I jumped into that. I was like, ah oh, man, I've seen them take this guy down on, on all the videos. And like this will this will be simple. And yep. uh, got got w- wiped the floor with me. Even As, even like now, I, I fought one of those stone guys, uh, you know, earlier today, and I'm I'm pretty far into the game by now, and, and it was challenging. So that's one thing I actually that I really dig about this game is it's uh, it's it's difficult, but it's not overwhelmingly difficult. You know, yeah. like the past Zelda games, like in the in the beginning, you know, you knew it was going to be a cinch. Nothing was going to really start to challenge you, and and the level, the difficulty level, kind of was on par or less than what your current state in the game was. So. To see, uh, to see all these strong guys come out, you know, just kick your ass right away yeah. is pretty cool. And that was the interesting thing too, is that there was no like difficulty curve. Like all the enemies that you were gonna fight were mm-hmm. pretty much there. Um, and for better or for worse, there's not a lot of enemy variation. There's different types of, of certain enemies. Like there's you know the stone bacoblins, mm-hmm. um, black, red, whatever. The the different colors indicate the different yeah. strengths of them going um, going forward. And, and defenses and stuff, but uh, not like, you know, hundreds upon thousands of enemies, like different variations, which is fine. Um, and you can fight all of them right off the bat. It's not necessarily a matter of, 
you know, you have to go here first and here first and here first. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I've heard a lot of people say that they like about this game. Because as opposed to Skyward Sword, where your your hand is held right from the beginning, you have no idea what to do for Breath of the Wild. Like, you are you're thrust into the world. And even, even now, there's still, like, not a lot of stuff to do. Like, you don't have a companion to tell you, well, maybe, you know, if you're doing a shrine quest, which sometimes... When you're looking for a shrine, there'll be certain things to do in order to bring bring them out um, into the open. Like you have no idea what you're supposed to do with those. Like you have to solve riddles, you have to do certain things. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've, kinda... I've spent hours and hours and hours looking for shrines. It took me, oh, yeah. and it took me like probably 20 hours into the game before I went and tackled my first divine beast, just because I was I was putzing around looking for shrines. Yeah. Um. One one thing though, which kind of sucks. Speaking of enemies and companions is uh, a minor complaint is you don't have a companion in this game but you do have zelda telling you every single time that a red moon comes up yeah the blood moon rises <clears throat> that's that, every time that was one of the interesting things to me because um i thought that that was a good way of keeping the world alive because mm. what could have happened was is you could have well, gone you through the everything whole world, and everything's yeah, gone just kill everything and then there's mm. nothing there Granted, there's little reward for going through and fighting them again. Like, the chests don't refill. Um, but you still get materials for crafting and for elixirs. Uh, but mm. I really did like yeah, that because it added a, a reason why there were enemies that they previously defeated popping back up. As opposed to one of my least favorite things about Dark Souls. Where you die and all of the enemies that you just defeated are there. Or you go to a, a bonfire and all the enemies that you just defeated previously are literally right behind you um, without any reason. I really like yeah. the way that they implemented it. it. It's clever. Like, it's a good system. My, my complaint isn't with the Blood Moon itself, just with cutscene that you have yeah, to watch, yeah, yeah. like, every that, that time. It cuts, it cuts you away from the but, game. Uh, but, no, it, it's a quite clever way to kind of get around the fact of, like, you know, it, it fill this world up with, with people. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things... Like, there's so much to say about this game. We're pro- we could probably talk about this for hours, and we probably might. Um, but aside from like the enemies and stuff there there is so much that makes this game feel alive um like the the world lives and breathes with all the animals in it uh with the with the people that are just walking around uh with the villages although that they're sparse there aren't that many villages um there are you know there are villages of, of highlands of sheikah of um uh goron zoras uh, Rito, yeah, Koroks. It's just, they're just everywhere. There's, there's something mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and one of the things that I think is really cool is that there's no place on the map that doesn't have a detail to it. Um, to one, about... one thing that really struck me is like when you uh, when you're looking at your map and you zoom in, like there's just more and more and more and more that pops up. Like every every little you know cluster of rocks on the map has a name, which mm-hmm. presumably would have you know something something you know kind of a backstory behind it so that's it's really it's quite a revelation like when you actually zoom in on the map and you see like how much world there is to explore and and you can even doing that like there's one quest where you look for leviathan bones like if you zoom in you can Mm -hmm. actually see the bone structures on the map itself it's it's incredible yeah there's it's i'm just amazed at the detail um if you guys we're, we don't have it on the site, but I might link it down in the description below, um, or even in, in the where, wherever this bar is beneath us, um, where there's dead space. Uh, Nintendo Life did a video of 13 silly things 
um, that you didn't know are in Breath of the Wild, they're in Breath of the Wild. It's a short, short four-minute video um, that shows different things that can happen, different things that you can do in the game that just shows so much detail. Um, and the more co uh, context uh, comments that I've read about the game, people commenting on Facebook about details like whenever Link's cold and he shivers or whenever he's hot and he sweats and mm -hmm. pants or whenever he eats certain foods and reacts to it. Like there's, there's no stone left unturned in this game. And that kind of brings me to, to the other thing I was going to talk about is that even on like the tallest peaks of the game, there's something there. And in the, yeah, the lowest I, I, areas, in fact, uh, I make it I make it a point to get on the tallest peaks because often there's those little Korak dudes hiding out. Mm -hmm. That's your favorite place to hide, is where it's most inconvenient for you. Well, and that's the thing too is that when you go up there, you can see everything and you can see mm -hmm. the world. Um, I've I've already beaten all the divine beasts. I've already taken all the divine beasts back. I've already charted out the entire map. I'm just going through and doing shrines right now. Mm -hmm. um, Me too. I've gotten I've gotten certain things. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I'm trying yeah, to very... we, should, we should throw that out there. Um, we're not going to get into you know major spoilers here. Uh, uh, I haven't beat the game yet. I don't know about you, Alfred, but uh, we, like we said, won't be ruining it for anyone. I'm trying to go through and hundred percent it. So I want to go through and do all the side quests, do all the shrines, and mm -hmm. then I want to go into it and um, beat Calamity Ganon with with all that I have and all that I that I can uh, muster up. You know, I don't know if anyone said this before, but that's such a cool name, like Calamity Ganon, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I think um, that in terms of gameplay, which is what we've been talking about here, we'll probably just move in segments on different things that we liked. Uh, in terms of the gameplay, I think all the small features, the small things and details that, that make it um, not boring, because not that the other games have been boring, but the worlds have been kind of empty. And again, that was a lot of people's biggest complaints with things like Wind Waker or uh, Skyward Sword. Granted, Wind Waker was way more open in terms of its open world than Skyward Sword was. Uh... See, the problem I had with Wind Waker, though, is that it's just sometimes it's a chore to get everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, Whereas this game, the paraglider feels wicked. Um, and you know, fast I, travel. I heard somebody say that it, it felt like flying around in the Arkham games, and that's spot on. It just it feels great. And yeah. It gives you it gives you incentive to get stamina instead of hearts all the time as well. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the um, benefits to a lot of the new stuff that they've added is it solves a lot of problems that you you'd have in a uh, open world game as big as this, especially with horses. I find that one of my the most difficult thing for me is when I'm going to far out places. Um, mm -hmm. I don't always have a horse with me. Uh, and I don't always try to... I try to uh, fast travel to the closest place to my objective. And nine times out of ten, there's no stable nearby, so I can't take a horse out. But right. there will be horses nearby, and I can just hop on one of them and tame one of them momentarily and just use it. But one of the other things that I found out that was actually pretty cool is no matter where you leave a horse in the world, if you go to a stable and take that horse and select take horse, you can they'll retrieve it for you. Mm -hmm. So you I don't always... It. Yeah, well, I don't always have to go back. Say I left one at uh, the Great Plateau, mm -hmm. and I'm all the way in West Nakluta, and I want my horse back, but I don't want to fast travel all the way there and then travel all the way back. I can just say, hey, can I take my horse? And it says, you've already taken this horse, but we'll go get it, and they'll go mm -hmm. get the horse and bring it back for me. Uh, it's a great really system. Handy. It would yeah. have been, I mean, it would have been impossible to get your horse from from place to place. And it's an easy system, but it, it you know, it makes sense and it it really works. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually like it's funny. 
I haven't uh, I haven't ridden horses probably anywhere in the game, so I almost <laughs> feel like when I'm riding a horse, uh, I'm going a little bit too fast and I'm not taking in my surroundings, mm. if that makes sense. But uh, yeah. pro tip for anybody listening out there, if you've got the link Super Smash Bros. Amiibo, scan it and you will get a nice horsely surprise. Mm-hmm. That, that I did uh, earlier. And also, mm, you too. In, ca- in case you guys didn't know, um, we might have posted this, we might not have. I- I'm not 100% sure. Um, I've been so busy. But we have or if you scan i have behind me the wind waker link tune zelda uh and then the smash link amiibos along with the uh wolf link and if you scan all those except for wolf link you get a treasure chest each time they fall out uh fall Mm -hmm. from the sky and there's a small chance that you'll get a special item so there's a i think there's a hero of the wind tunic that you can get um, there's a certain shield you can get. There's an Ocarina of Time or Hero of Time stuff that you can get, but it's very rare. But it can happen. So don't and forget you can scan to scan them what like once a day. Something I, like that? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I haven't tried more than once. Um, but I think. But just remember, if you have those, to be using them uh, mm-hmm. because they can they can be used. Um, so, in terms of gameplay, then what do you think is your favorite new feature? Uh, definitely gliding, um, you know, uh, I, although I'm surprised that I like the, the stamina wheel so much, it doesn't sound like it's going to be fun just climbing up stuff, but it is, <laughs> it's great. That's probably my favorite part of the game and how I've spent the most hours is climbing to the, to the tallest possible point that I can see and gliding just to see what's around, you know, if there's any shrines that are hidden around, um, it, it's really, it's really empowering just to be sailing sailing in the wind and just uh you know looking at that at that gorgeous landscape all around you so if i had to single one thing out it would be gliding for show yeah and i i I like the the climbing too i i think it's it feels good to be able to reach any point on the map Mm -hmm. um and have no real restriction um it's crazy link is like spider-man in this game you know yeah and uh it makes it you're you're forced because your stamina wheel decreases whenever you whenever you hop or jump up a, a mountain um and so it causes you to be patient and that's something i'm really really bad at because Me i have too. run out of stamina because i'm like i bet i can make it if i just dash up the the mountain yep. and it's the same thing with with uh swimming um and i did that in the packs demo is i swam i i ran and jumped into a a lake and i didn't have enough stamina and i drowned mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's one of the problems that you can have in this game so it causes you to think through everything that you do as opposed to just rush in because there's more mechanics at play than just swing a sword, kill enemies. And it, it definitely does reward your patience mm-hmm. for sure. Because yeah, I've, I've tried so many times just to just to hop my way to the top of a, of a tower somewhere and just come, come crashing back to earth. I think my least favorite thing when I'm climbing is when there's a rainstorm and it slicks oh. the entire side of the hill and I slide all the way down. Rain is the worst in this game. And, you know, I thought, and, and it's very possible that there is, but I thought that there might be um, a piece of equipment that you could equip that would let you climb normally in the rain, but I haven't found it so far yet. I don't think there is. Um, but there's a cool thing you can do. This is also in the uh, <clears throat> 13 silly things you can do in Breath of the Wild um, video by Nintendo Life. And I figured this out today before I watched that, is if in a rainstorm, if you have uh, something like the Lizal Boomerang, uh, and it's sparking, you can throw it at an enemy, and as it's going around, lightning can strike the boomerang, hit the enemy, and then you can catch it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot. I think my favorite thing is is the um, diversity of uh, ways to handle situations. And I know that's very broad, but for example, like if, it no... makes, if it makes sense and you think that you can do it, like you probably can. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that was one of my first revelations. Was uh, there's a there's a certain point in the game where you're um, you're stripped of all your equipment and it's a it's a trial for a shrine. Oh, yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, I, I picked up the sword. It was, you know, lightning was crashing around everywhere. And I was like, I hope this works. Chucked it and boom. You know, it, yeah. it's, uh, we posted an article a couple, maybe last week or something like that and said, uh, the title was the developers wanted you to feel like a genius when you're playing this game. Like when you can do stuff like that, like mission accomplished. Yeah, well, like whenever, we, I think one of the biggest things about this game is, is first off for me, is that there's no one set way to do everything. So unless it's like solve a puzzle, but even then there's still other things that you can do to solve some of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. They're not all like one specific way um, of doing it. And I figured like, that I, out. Um, I don't know about you either, but I like I've completed puzzles before and like all I can think is like, I don't think this is how it was supposed to be done. But yeah, okay. like you know? there's there's a trial. There's a shrine that I did that uh, I don't know what certain parts of that were for, but I kind of flubbed my way into it and beat it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of the cool things about the game is that when you do something your way, you have this sense of accomplishment and victory. Like when you're fighting a boss and mm-hmm. you you figure out a certain way to kill it. Because they have attack patterns, but there's not necessarily like a specific way to defeat each one of them. Like it's not like uh, you're fighting Morpha and you have to hookshot its eye and pull it out um, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Like there's different ways to beat each boss and there's different ways to, to fight them um, and to tackle each problem. And when you figure out how to do it your way, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment because no one told you, okay, well, here's what you need to do. You need to take your sword and throw your sword or, or do this. And um, there's just a lot of freedom in the mm. game, freedom to do what you want and freedom to play it how you want and tackle situations how you that, want. That goes for the open world too. Like there was a lot of times where I was, uh, you know, climbing up something and I, I feel like I lucked out and landed on a weird ledge and my stamina refilled and I'm like, I probably shouldn't have been able to get up here, but I'm here now and I feel clever doing this, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So it's that you get that feeling everywhere when you play this game, which is one of the things I, I think is, is really been a highlight for me. I think one of the cool things too about, about climbing, going back to that, like you mentioned, um, being your, one of your favorite things is that one of my friends was watching me play one of my roommates and said, well, man, you're going up that mountain kind of like uh, you'd be running up a mountain in Skyrim. And I said, yeah, but this feels like it's it's meant to be done this way. Like, I feel like I'm like, this is how I'm supposed to climb this, this mountain or this hill by doing this or by running up it. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, I'm kind of gaming this system and glitching the hill. It's like, this is how mm-hmm. they intended me to do it. And it felt good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just small details <clears throat> that make the game that much better. Um, and, and, and right before, probably like, a month or two ago i actually played skyrim for the first time and um i wrote a piece which was about you know skyrim and breath of the wild and i'll probably go back and revisit that but like skyrim just felt like there was a lot like like it, it felt good but i mean breath of the wild has taken almost everything that skyrim did i feel and just perfected it almost mm-hmm. maybe maybe perfected <laughs> is a strong word but it just it feels really good like you said like like climbing and getting around the world where in Skyrim it was just kind of like you know you stumble to and fro and you hope that your game doesn't freeze when it auto saves <laughs> and and you know there's just there's a lot of stuff that that 
you know, you could get up a hill, but then you, you'd say like, oh, this is, you know, this is probably a glitch or something where in Zelda, you're like, I'm a genius. I just, you know, beat the system or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and even then, like, too, like, even in Skyrim, like, when people uh, jump up hills, like, jump on different rock jagged formations in Breath of the Wild, like, you're made to be able to do that. Like, and I'm sure that when they were building it and putting it together, they're like, okay, well, if there's this specific rock formation here, um, because they built it all on the, the, a physics engine, and the physics mm-hmm. engine would have to state, okay, at a certain incline you can walk, or at a certain incline you can stand. And so at this incline over here, where this is a, just looks like a straight-up uh, cliff, there's a, there's a slight incline that you can stand on to regain your stamina uh, type of thing. And <clears throat> I never felt really stuck anywhere. There was never a point in the game where I was like, man, I can't get out of where I am. Uh, there's mm-hmm. always a way out. Uh, there was uh, an instance, though, where I had a horse. His name was Jimothy. Jimothy. And Jimothy the horse. He was a black horse. Okay. Um, and I had I had just tamed him. Like, well, not just tamed, but it had been, it had been about a day. And uh, I had got him to the top of Lanaru uh, Mountain. And he got stuck in this crevice. It was like a... a not a ditch, but like a pothole in the mountain on the side of the mountain that he couldn't get out of. Somewhere where a horse should not be. Yeah, I, he, I brought him to a place he shouldn't have been. And I tried to get him out. I tried calling him. I tried riding him. And there was nothing I could do. So I was like, I mean, I guess I got to... This is... I was like, I guess I just have to go back and, uh, you know, get them to, to take him, like, go to the take horse thing. And I didn't really want to because I had uh, <clears throat> already brought like i'd already gotten to the place i needed to be and i didn't have to go back mm-hmm. um and I'll, I'll put a picture of this of what of like the end result of this and so i stepped away and he turned and then i heard this shrilling noise and he fell over on his side fell off the mountain and then you heard all the damage hits Ooh. and then i watched him hit the side of the mountain with his body and then his head and then his neck, and then he fell on the ground to where Oof. where he is right now in this this image that I'm putting up. Did and, you build Jimothy a nice grave? No, I just he he's the, he was there, he was dead, and then he vanished. It was it was a sad moment. <laughs> Damn. I was like, I could go back, but I I just did what I needed to do and I couldn't <clears throat> save it, so Oh well. Poor Jimothy, rest in peace. Thank you for your sacrifice, towards <clears throat> I rule Jimothy. <laughs> But yeah, so that's about gameplay. So what what is your favorite? I'm not gonna say necessarily story, but uh, narrative element in the game. Like, what are some of the moments of, of side quests or main narrative that you really enjoyed? Um, I feel like this will probably be you know most people's answer. And I mean, like, it's there's for everything that Breath of the Wild you know does, it's definitely not the most uh story intensive game yet yeah um i i don't want to speak that i haven't finished the game yet but i mean so far it's it's pretty you know it's it's not the it's not the most deep in the in terms of story in the series for sure but um yeah no generic answer is um is princess zelda her depiction in this game is uh it's probably my favorite in the entire series now it's um it's a fresh angle that they that they've taken with her kind of not being able to manifest her powers. So mm-hmm. seeing her kind of struggle through that um, is, is probably my favorite narrative of the game yet. And I'm assuming um, 
you know, that when when her and Link reunite in Hyrule Castle, that there is going to be the, the payoff to that angle. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I guess other than that, maybe just uh, seeing all of like the the different races back um, in terms of narrative in the, in the gameplay, like just seeing all these different guys that you haven't seen in so long, finding out, you know, kind of what their history has been since the last time we've seen them. Cause we haven't seen, you know, Gerudo's in a long time. We haven't seen the Rido in a long time. Um, so that, that was definitely, it was definitely nice to kind of revisit all of those, all those old areas that, uh, you know, I fell in love with in, in Ocarina of Time and uh, see what they're like in the, in the present day. You know, they, they talked about uh, how this, like, there's a, you it'd become painfully obvious where this falls in the timeline. Um, and maybe I'm ignorant, but I'm not 100% sure where it would fall. No, me neither. Um, they make references to Ocarina of Time, so obviously it's after that. Um, and I'm assuming it's in the downfall timeline, but I'm not 100% sure. Regardless, I think that this is one of the most story-driven um, <clears throat> Zelda games, probably right next to Majora's Mask. Uh, maybe not necessarily in the main aspect of you going through uh, and actually completing a story, per se. Uh, you're more fulfilling the end game of a past story. We'll put it that way. You're mm -hmm. uh, Something has happened already, and you're reaching the culmination of what has happened. But I really liked... I've collected all the memories. Uh, I, I've re, we watched we watched all of one. them. Yeah, I've, I've gone through and seen all of them. Um, and I agree, I really like Zelda's characterization in this game. And for the first time, like, I had a realization after you you collect the last one and then you get one more. I felt like this was the most Legend of Zelda Zelda game. Um, because it was about Zelda. And like you said, her struggle. And mm -hmm. the things that she was dealing with. And even though you were as Link, you were as a, uh, you were a third party looking in on her life... It was still mostly about her and her journey. And I've been thinking about the DLC that could be coming out. And I would really, really love to explore more of that. And explore more of her struggles and her journey. Because she is a complex character in this one. Um, you see somewhat of a character growth. And based on what other characters say about her in these in these uh, flashbacks, you can gain an idea of who she is and, and what kind of person she is. Uh, more mm -hmm. than that, though, um, I really like how you um, you meet different characters, uh, some of the main ones, the champions, um, and, and you hear their dialogue, you see flashbacks. of. I think the way that the story is told in, in flashbacks was a very artful way of telling it in a very effective way. You don't get a full picture, but you can kind of piece things together in your mind. It, so, it definitely like, leaves more to your mm -hmm. imagination to fill in, which can be even more rewarding than being told yeah. exactly what happened. Because you can you can kind of take guesses at when certain things line up and when certain memories line up, and you can think, okay, well, obviously this comes after this one, and I think after you watch them all or you watch them, they number them um, in your adventure log, and you can watch them in order. And I really liked the way that it was told because you're you're learning about your memories as Link is learning about his memories, and you're learning at it through him. Um, so mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, you are Link in this in this story because even in the adventure log it says you did this or you need to find this. Um, and which, which is funny because you know I, there was some outcry when when Link's name was said in the trailer and people are like oh you can't name it blah 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 
like this is this is the most I've connected probably with the link in uh, in any Zelda game. Like, like <clears throat> save for maybe Skyward Sword, you know. It's because he emotes more naturally. Like there's a mm-hmm. moment, like you know, the, in that trailer scene, um, where Zelda says, "All I've done is for nothing." Um, I actually I screen capped that moment for myself because I was like, "There's that and one other moment where you mm-hmm. see true genuine emotion out of these characters," and I was like man well like i think uh one moment it's and it's from the it's from the same scene and it's in the trailer actually if you go back and look at the end of it link gets up he's he's dirty he's battered he's he's broken basically but he's he's still fighting and it actually it reminded me of captain america you know in the movies when he says i could do this all day like that it gives me that same kind of vibe you know well and like that's that's one of the things too And, and i've struggled with this because one of my friends asked me he's like how do you feel about link not talking in the um the story and i had to wrestle with this for a bit because i thought well you know it is kind of weird being a silent observer uh in how things play out but honestly that kind of fits his character in this game um he's really Mm -hmm. someone that is more in the background and is there to serve a purpose he's not necessarily the he's the hero of the story but he's not like the hero of the story um, in terms of it's all about him because it, it isn't really about him um it's about him facilitating it for other people yeah it's, it's the collective of of the whole world coming together and that's personified by the champions which are which have a very like lord of the rings feel to them of bringing mm-hmm. a fellowship together and uh and fighting this evil calamity um so that that's definitely the you know it, it that's a cool story element to bring in and also i want to like, I want to clarify on something, too. When I say this game isn't, like, super story-intensive, that's not a criticism. What, what I would compare this game to in terms of story is uh, Metroid Prime, almost, where you can kind of... The more that you do and the more that you... The, the, the you know, the deeper that you dig, the more you find out what happened, the more story you piece together, and the more rewarding it is for you. If you blitz through the story quickly, then you're not, you know, you're yeah, not going to get that same I'd say level. it's kind of like Metroid Prime 3, where there's just enough cutscenes, just enough story for you to gain a, a knowledge mm-hmm. of, of what's going on. I'd say there's more than Metroid Prime 3, but I think that was the actual, like, one of the more yeah, cinematic... Yeah, there's definitely more, but it's, it's definitely that same kind of feel where, like, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. And it's not necessarily a, and and it's one of the things that I really like about this is it's a, a show not tell kind of a thing where you're shown different things and you're left to infer as opposed to okay well after this happened Link went and did this it's like okay so from here to here something happened and it's up to me to piece together what it is because they're not going to tell me um, and I think that that's in a, a way of engaging the audience that you don't see a lot because the story is typically played out in such a way that you experience the story as it happens whereas in this game you're experiencing the story as you recall it happening uh Mm -hmm. which is actually really cool a lot of people might find a problem with that they might see this as well that's a really stupid way to tell a story like how am i supposed to get the full picture but i don't think the point is that you're supposed to get the full picture of what happened you're supposed to get link's ideas of what happened you're not supposed to see from zelda's point of view or from uh, Daruk's point of view or Rivali's point of view or Mifa or anyone else you're supposed to see what Link sees and what he's understanding from the situation and that's it you're not supposed to like that's that you're gathering what he's gathering mm-hmm. um and yeah and, that, and that's exactly what I mean when I say it's not like 
the most it like when it doesn't lay the story up for you you know skyward sword i love the story but it, it lays the whole thing out for you right this one you yeah. kind of you piece it together and you there is a little bit left to you know your imagination <laughs> like what you know i've seen this happen but how did this get like this mm-hmm. so one kind of moving a little bit away from that in terms of side stories then um i really liked how they were handled uh there's definitely room for improvement on side stories uh fleshing them out um but i really enjoyed a lot of them there were some that i enjoyed more than others and there's one specific one um i'm not gonna say too much about it um but it's it, it happens after you visit hateno town or village and you do the Terrytown side story, um, building from the ground up, or from the ground up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I've done that one. That is probably, it, it's kind of a giant fetch quest, but the ending was one of the funniest moments in the game for me. I, I laughed out loud at how that side story ended. And there, I, there was something, another moment that that happened for me in the game but that was a moment that i was like man that that was pretty freaking clever um and i i really want to say what it is but it's, it's better if you just watch it and play it and then mm-hmm. you find out for yourself because it's just it's so good um some of the writing's a little corny in this game some of it's spot on i um, think like it definitely retains that zelda charm like link's still kind of a goofball like there's still weird people that are sassing you all the time that mm-hmm. you know demand your help for for nothing in return so it's definitely the characters sound like there's all the characters which is a little bit of a relief the, the side quests i mean like you know they some of them leave a little bit to be desired you know a lot of them are are mostly kill this or get that right but i mean that's a problem with every open world game yeah yeah and you're not you know with with open world games they're not they're not you know inducive to have these these long fleshed outside quests like uh like a couple's mask and majora's mask for example um mm. so well i mean the side quests are nothing special but the people you know at least are going to be the people that you've come to know and love in in the zelda universe right well one of the cool things um this is a, a story element that i really really enjoyed was that you saw link as the hero okay so he's already an established hero and then you saw how people reacted to that because there were mm-hmm. some people that recognized him and some people that knew him and some people didn't like him and some people don't like him. And, and that's, it's kind of a spoiler, but not really. Um, and I really think that that's a, a powerful way to, to show like, uh, not necessarily powerful, but realistic way to show, uh, how people react to him because not everybody's going to like him. Not everybody's going to like what he did. Um, there's a very specific instance where this plays a part in the game. And I think that was a clever way, not a, I said clever, but it was it was a good way in showing different characterizations because typically mm-hmm. whenever you have Legend of Zelda, everybody's kind of like, oh, they all have this same type of characterization where they're either in help and they need help, or they're really thankful to Link and they really like Link. And we're in this one, they're like, well, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, and and it, and it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I I wouldn't say this is a spoiler, but um, you know, after the events of a hundred years ago, there's some people that resent link for for still being around which is uh which is it's different to see because like in most of the games you know he's unsuspecting he's fulfilling his destiny and and blah 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 but in this game he's he's already there and it's it's definitely a fresh 
a fresh direction to take. But at the same time, you do, since he's lost his memories, you do kind of get that same feeling of, uh, of building yourself back up from the ground into this incredible hero. So it's, it's definitely kind of emerging of the best of both worlds there. I think Nintendo had their cake and ate it too. Yeah. I think it was pretty funny because there were some points at which characters don't like you and they reference something that happened in the past. And you and Link are both like, I- I'm sorry. I don't remember anything yeah. that you're talking about. And like, I, you lost and then you say something which makes him even more mad so yeah and uh you know i think that that if if they do continue with this type of model that there might be more voice like not voice but like choices in what you say um because to some extent there were some in this game not a lot um you could either continue the conversation or end the conversation um but there were some Mm -hmm. where you could say different things in the conversation to prompt different responses um if you played Skyward Sword, it's the same kind of dialogue system as there, where in that game you had, uh, you know, two or three at most dialogue options. And some of them are, you know, some of them are going to be the same choice in just different words, but it's, it's pretty similar. You're not going to see, like, Mass Effect. Yeah, it's not going to be too complex. Uh, but that's, you know, one of the smaller issues. It's not necessarily a problem uh, with the game. But, okay, so kind of, aside from side quests, aside from story then um and gameplay what is your takeaway from the game like what are your favorite things uh i guess just since we've been so positive what is one of your least favorite things and would you classify this as the best zelda game so far no i wouldn't classify this as the best zelda game but to be fair um ocarina of time will always be my favorite zelda game because it was my first zelda game so i like i don't think it's possible for anything to beat that for me um i would consider this you know within the top three though um my like there's been there's been a few times where i've been um where i've been playing this and i've and i've stopped and just said like this is incredible like this is you know like wow like this this world this this landscape is is incredible it gives you the same feeling of running around ocarina of times uh, hyrule field for the first time but like for the entire game so so that. I mean that right there is is pretty powerful um, for stuff that I mean. There's definitely a few things that I don't like um, in the cutscenes. Uh, you can't take uh, the subs off, the subtitles off, which is strange. Um, I looked all around, and if there is, and, and someone please feel free to correct me, but uh, nothing that I've seen you can can take subtitles off. So it's it's distracting for me when there's big important scenes going on to see you know, words at the bottom of my screen. Um, the other thing that I would critique this game on is, uh, and it's not a huge critique and it's, and it's to be expected in an open world game, but uh, the music is a step down from previous Zelda games. Um, and I understand that, you know, when you're exploring Hyrule field, you obviously want the ambience of the world to be what you hear to give you that sense of environment. Um, but they, they have like little music cues, but it's, it doesn't seem to cue at the right time almost like when you there is sometimes like when you're climbing and you see like a beautiful vista or something like that and the musical cue and that's great other times it doesn't and it's just kind of it's playing at random um i haven't come across any super memorable tracks yet other than you know the main theme which plays in the trailers so Mm -hmm. and, and that would be a small critique i mean like the music is is fine it's not it's not the best in the series but it's definitely not the worst I think uh, in opposite of that for me, that I think the music is great. Um, I really like the minimalist uh, type of track for the Hyrule fields and, and not 
I should say Hyrule Fields because there's multiple places you're gonna be going in this yeah. game. It's not just Hyrule Field. Um, and there's you know depending on if you're in the snow, uh, if you're at if it's nighttime, if it's during the daytime, if you're riding a horse, if you're riding a horse during the day, if you're riding a horse during the night, if you're with the Zoras, the Gorons, the Ritos, and this is probably one of my favorite things that they did. Um, and this is just kind of an overall thing. There's a lot of references to past Zelda games. Uh, like tons of them. There are different places named after different characters. Like there's Saria Woods, Makar, um, Malin Woods, or whatever. Yeah, Makar Woods, Tingle Island, stuff like that. Like there's a lot of different callbacks. But if you go to the Rito Village and you just listen to the music, it's a s- slow, low rendition of the Dragon Roost Island. Mm-hmm. I'll and, take that back. Actually, the Rito mm-hmm. Village and the Zora Domain themes are both—they're uh, both great. It's—it's it's fantastic. I've been looking for somebody to rip the the soundtrack and put it online. Cannot find it. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't I find really, any Breath of the Wild music online. It's so good. It, I, I'm just—I'm blown away by it, and it fits with the world because kind of like what they talked about originally is that you're going to be across these places for so long, and you're going to be going from place to place for so long. You don't necessarily want the same looping track over and over again. Big like instruments, like orchestras blaring, uh, but uh, it does have its moments where there are really good pieces of music um, and boss fights uh, when you're fighting overworld bosses, guardians, um, just at, at different people's houses, labs. The, it, it fits. It fits with the the game. Um, so I think that that's one of my, I mean, I'm, I'm a music and story buff when it comes to games uh, and movies. So I really, really enjoyed both of those parts of the game. Um, I, I'm trying to think of some of the complaints I have for it. Um, none of them are necessarily with the game itself. The uh, <coughs> Not that the game's perfect. I'm sure if I went back and, and looked, I could find some more. I'll probably play it a little bit after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and put off my midterms as much as possible, but <clears throat> there's a uh, there's nothing to be said about that. And and while I don't agree, I don't think that any game is perfect. I think that there's always something that can be improved upon. There's something that can be changed. And like I think my biggest problem with the game is is the voice acting. How there's not enough of it. I really wish there was more. Um, you sometimes go to like the Goron Village, or when the first time you go to Goron City. You meet a character, and his introduction is voiced, and then the rest of your interactions until the last one with him are not. And mm, that that is a bit strange. That's that creates a little bit of a disconnect for me, in that he's voiced and then he's not. And I understand why they did that, probably for a few reasons, probably because of um, budgeting, and then uh, pacing, and <coughs> um, the way that they wanted to play out the cutscenes. But it's still a little off-putting. Um, and I think that's one of my biggest problems about JRPGs in general, is how sometimes you'll have scenes that are completely uh, voiced and animated, and then you'll have scenes that are completely voiced but not animated, and then you'll have scenes that aren't voiced or animated. And I'm okay with those first two, but you only get the first one and the third one in Breath of the Wild. And for the first voice-acted, voiced Zelda game ever, this it's great. It's a great first step. Um... But I really want more. And I know that sounds really selfish, especially since the game just came out. But I want to see more of that. They did a good job. Um, I don't recognize any of the people. I think these are the first few roles that these people have had, some of them, um, in, in voice acting. 
Um, and so it could be, you know, some of the, the acting's a little, uh, <clears throat> leaves a little to be desired. But, but what, do you, the, what do you think of Princess Zelda's voice actor, or voice actors? She's one of the people I'm talking about. She does, she does a really good performance for mm-hmm. most of it, but there are still some instances where it's like, you know, you could, you could do a little better in terms of, like, how, how it sounds. And I don't know if that's, like, a sound mixing thing or or what um but there was a moment that kind of caught me off guard and it's in a cut scene where zelda's acting nonchalant and kind of like going through the motions kind of like this and i was like i couldn't tell if that was her character or if that was the 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 voice actress just not caring um but then a character later commented he's like look at zelda not even caring about what she's saying kind of a thing so i was like okay it's just the the voice acting was a it was new, and it could be improved upon. Um, it's not perfect, it's not bad, but it could be improved mm-hmm. upon. Um, I, I was a fan of uh, Zelda's voice actress, uh, actually. I think that she was probably the best that I've heard so far, but I mean, you've also heard her the most. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of down on her versus, you know, the original Japanese um, voice actress that they, they debuted in the trailer, but I think that she's done a fine job. I no, actually, it's, it's good. Like my my oddly specific complaint is the Goron voice actor uh, Daruk. For Daruk, and like like he sounds good. He just doesn't sound like a Goron when the voice actor <laughs> is 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 voicing him. Like for example, like you were just saying, how they'll have voice and then text when he's talking. He's talking like you know average Joe high rule, but when when he's you know talking to you via text, it's uh, Goro this and Goro that, brother. So yeah, yeah, it, it's a little. That's what you mean. Okay. Yeah, that, he sounds that like a stuck he sounds like a, a Goron bit. when he yeah, talks. Yeah, no, like the, like the guy sounds fine. He just he doesn't have those <clears throat> Goron mannerisms. So I noticed yeah. that one in particular. Um, yeah, that like I said, there's there's a little bit more that they could they could do with the you know even just a story in general, like expand upon stuff like this. Um, this is their first foray in, into a fully voiced anything with a first party Nintendo game, um, and I say that using stuff like metroid other m lightly um Mm -hmm. because that wasn't specifically nintendo and metroid prime wasn't specifically just nintendo there were other people working on those games um and this was while xenoblade uh chronicles directors and people did uh help with this it wasn't it was mostly a nintendo only thing um Mm -hmm. And Xenoblade had a big problem where <laughs> during every cutscene where the where the voice actresses and actors were speaking, the background music was so loud. Oh, don't get me started on the sound them. editing in that game. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a Xenoblade Chronicles X is a good game. Don't don't get me wrong. There's just so much that needs to be fixed in it in terms of you know the music, the same sound playing over and over and over again. There's so many mm-hmm. things that Xenoblade Chronicles did right that Xenoblade Chronicles X took a step back from. And it blew my mind. But like I was saying, like Retro Studios had a hand in Metroid Prime 3, and there was voice acting in that game. Um, it was minimal, but that kind of fit with the game because it was a quiet game. It was you're, you're alone most of the time. But there was voice acting. Um, and there was voice acting in Metroid Other M. But those weren't just Nintendo. This was a, a Nintendo-specific uh, game that they worked on with outside help on like there were people that came in to work with them but it was it was it was directed by them uh which is 
new. This is it's all new territory, and so I, I want to see where it goes from here. I'm not I'm not hating on any of this. It's all fantastic, and, and it can always be better. Um, and I love yeah, it. The, any critiques are are minuscule. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like my critique about the music, it, you know, the more I think about it, the less critical I am about it. To be honest with you, like thinking, would I rather have? you know the xenoblade theme is playing all the time versus <laughs> what we have uh, like so so the critiques are you know they're very minor they don't they definitely don't ruin any kind of gameplay experience <clears throat> yeah and uh in terms of whether or not this is the best zelda game i wouldn't say it's 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 probably like you said in my top three of favorites wind waker is my favorite wind waker and majora's mask are my favorite zelda like tied but I, mm-hmm. i'll always i think i'll always like wind waker a little bit more um but this is definitely, I think, the best Zelda game to date because it takes a lot of the old stuff, renews it, and breathes new energy into it, and then it expands upon so many other ideas. I think it's probably one of the best Nintendo games we've seen in a long time, too, because mm-hmm. we've never seen them be this ambitious before and take this well, many when you risks. talk about when you When you talk about, like... Is it my favorite Zelda? No, like that's Ocarina of Time for me. Is it the best Zelda? It very well might be. Um, everything that this game does is it, it does it excellently. You know, there's not there's not any area which isn't near flawless. <clears throat> and and one of the things, and this is just a side note. And I, I was trying to, I was deciding whether or not to, to mention this because it's it's slightly a spoiler, slightly not. Because um, you see the dragon in the trailer, um, the one that looks like Volvagia. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just probably one of my favorite things is seeing those dragons roam the world um and it's really incredible too i was actually just telling my girlfriend before we recorded this was like i'm so glad that you don't have to fight these things and and kill them (laughs) like because they just look you know absolutely majestic just floating in the sky like that they're at night whenever they show up it's it's beautiful like it's incredible there's so this game is a beautiful game in general uh it, even on the on the screen of the switch it's it's gorgeous and those creatures like the, the dragons that glow and, and give off a radiant light at night and they each have like a theme to them too and when the music plays when they pass by it's, oh my gosh the, one of the, my favorite moments in the game is whenever i see them whenever i i hear the music play um it just mm, that's probably my favorite perfectly. piece of music in the game <clears throat> it it's just so many things they did so many things right with this game uh, it deserves all the praises it's been getting. Um, of course, there's always going to be cr- criticisms. There's always things it could do better. Um, but if you haven't played this game and you're a Zelda fan, this is the Zelda game that you need to play. Uh, like it's 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 so good. I I can't stress that enough that this game is so good. I had a I had a friend of mine who was a friend back in junior high that uh, that I haven't really talked to since then. We've kind of lost touch, um, but I have him on Facebook, and he messaged me you know, a couple mornings ago, and he's like, I'm a PlayStation guy, but I can't believe how much more I want to roam around Breath of the Wild's world than Horizons. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on Horizon, because that game looks awesome, but it's oh, just yeah. like, it goes to show you, like, goes to show you, like, this is, you know, this is setting new bars for, for Nintendo, let alone Zelda. Like, if you've never played one before, like, this is the one that you want to get your pals oh, yeah. into, because it'll be hooked. There's, there's just so many, like, I, again, we could go on for hours about all the small things that we really liked about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm going to cap it there because there's still, I still want to talk about the Switch. Yeah, we, we could go on and on and on, <laughs> so we better move on. And we probably will. For the next few weeks, we'll probably just be talking about Breath of the Wild. Um, 
and you know favorite things because we're yeah, who who knows who, no idea um but if all you wanted was to hear our opinions on breath of the wild and what we had to say about it then you can just stop listening now because we're gonna move over to the switch um so we're gonna kind of give i'm gonna give my like a short review on it um and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it and then andy can give his opinions on it too um <clears throat> I've heard, I haven't verified this yet, um, uh, it's true, I haven't personally experienced this, is that the load times for Breath of the Wild are faster on the Wii U than the Switch, um, making that a more beneficial uh, game for sh for streamers and for uh, speedrunners. Uh, so I don't know if that necessarily speaks to the Switch's capabilities as much as it does that this game was developed for the Wii U. So I don't, don't take that to be a negative against the switch um, that being said i still think the load times are great i've, I've never really had lo load time problems with nintendo games um, even xenoblade chronicles x on the wii u rendered and loaded millions of light years faster than fallout 4 on the ps4 or even on my computer it's 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 amazing i, I don't know how they did it but <clears throat> overall the switch um right now it's very bare bones very minimalistic the eShop's pretty empty um i think you can get Breath of the Wild Online, Snipper Clippers, I Am Setsuna, uh, One Two Switch, um, uh, Shovel Knight's out now. Shovel Knight and Specter Knight, and I think that's it because then the next few games are Blaster Master, Puyo Puyo Tetris, and then uh, the other thing that they have lined up on the Switch that says coming soon on the eShop is uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So not a lot of eShop titles just yet. Um, <clears throat> it's not to say there aren't games that you could purchase like I, i'm probably going to get binding of isaac when it comes out just because i love that game so much and i want to play it on the go with me uh but that's got pushed back sadly i have to wait till march 17th but i i, I talked about this when i played it at pax is that the, the 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 tablet with the joy cons attached to it feels good uh, it feels natural it doesn't feel clunky like the wii u it doesn't feel like there are parts moving around that should be moving around um the <clears throat> Uh, all the buttons feel right. The the controller, the analog sticks feel right. Um, nothing nothing too bad ergonomically with the controllers. Um, the the problem that a lot of you are probably having, the problem that I am having, is that the left Joy-Con tends to spaz out, <clears throat> and this can happen when you're playing like this and you have your knee blocking the left Joy-Con, or you're sitting too far away from it, or a solar flare hits like <laughs> the atmosphere at a specific angle with the light it, it, it's it's all it's it's really weird um and a lot of people have been talking about different reasons why it could be happening uh there could be problems with interference with the the software a lot of people think it's a hardware problem and i think it might be a hardware problem um which they might have to do recalls for because if you use the red red the right one mine's mine's red i have the blue and red switch the right joy con you can do the motion tracking at any point and you won't disconnect. Um, that's never a problem on, on the right one. The left one, however, has a different type of sensor in it that responds to direct um, connections. So I'd say that's probably my biggest problem, and that hasn't really affected me much. I moved it around to where I could find a good spot to where I don't have to worry about... Uh, interruptions and once i find a good spot to sit at or a good position then i don't have to worry about it cutting off um, that being said there are moments when i've been playing 
where I've blocked it somehow or I haven't pointed it directly and I've killed Link or Link's died. Excuse me, because of it. Um, does the I, does the game freeze when the controllers are disconnected? No. And no. that's another thing, is that whenever the left Joy-Con just cuts out, the game doesn't pause. Uh, so I've been in the middle of a fight. This has only happened once. Um, and, and most of the time, it doesn't disconnect for me. It just gets blocked. And so he, he did, like moves to the left, or he keeps moving, or like he doesn't move the way I want him to, so I have to reorient myself. Um, at which point, you'd probably be saying, okay, well, I'll just invest in a pro controller. Um which would be great if it wasn't $70. If I didn't have to invest a separate $70 in a controller to replace the ones that don't really work right now, then I'd be fine. Or I wouldn't be fine. Like, I'd be fine with that. If I if it came with it, I'd be okay. If it was like, here's a pro controller in addition to these. And outside of, of uh, playing it like that, they're fine. Like, I have one, two, switch um, <clears throat> because I wanted to experience, like, the Joy-Cons how how they are how they're built like the hd rumble and stuff it's amazing that's that's one thing i will give it i played the 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 ball counting game um and i i it's it's so hard to describe to you how unreal that is unless you've played with it um to feel like actually it feels like there are balls rolling around in there um it feels like oh. there's specific movements um like specific things going on like the shaving game feels like you're holding a razor like it's shaking like it is it's just really weird in a good way. Um, so they have the motion control right. They have the HD rumble right. It's just that connectivity issue. Um, and in terms of uh, Wi-Fi, I've had no problems. Uh, the internet's fine, even at college. Uh, granted, I haven't had to play any games that need to connect to the internet um, in order to play. Um, <clears throat> the power mode is a little weird in that you from default when you press home and you go to the power options your only option is to uh sleep mode unless you press the console like the on button on the console itself for five seconds and then it pulls up actual power options um that's something that was weird to me because it would not necessarily drain battery it doesn't drain battery as fast as you think it would um in sleep mode it's very energy efficient <clears throat> but i don't like it always being on um, and I just, I don't know why, um, not paranoid or anything, not, you know, thinking the CIA is going to communicate to me through my Nintendo switch. Um, but I wouldn't like it always being on just for the fact that like, to me that it's going to make your battery worse over time. Kind of like if you, you know, they tell you never to, to let your cell phone die and then charge it kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> that's one of the things like, I, I just, it's a weird way to do that. They might fix that in a later update where you can just go straight to the power option um in terms of the dock itself i have no complaints like it's it, it it's simple um you put it into the console there might be like a second of lag in between the putting it on the console putting it on the tv but it's mostly on the tv's uh response mm -hmm. because uh so far the two tvs that i've tried it on three are um the one downstairs which is an old simulated hd tube tv um, so it takes like a second to switch over and the TV in my roommate and I's room, um, which takes a second to switch over. However, when you pull it straight out of the console, it's instantaneous. Um, we take it out of the dock. Um, and like I said, there's, there's really, I don't really have a lot of complaints with it. Um, 
it does have some struggles with some of the things that are going on in Breath of the Wild every now and then. Um, I have noticed frame rate drops when it's saving and I'm trying to do something. Um, whether that's due to the saving or not, and sometimes even after. Um, that leads me to question its strength. Uh, but again, this is an isolated incident with one game, and I haven't experienced it across other games yet. So all in all, I'd say that it's like a good console, better than the Wii U. I like it better than the Wii. It doesn't beat the GameCube for me, though. Um, it's got a lot to prove. It's got a lot to do yet, and it's got a lot to improve upon. Especially with that controller issue. Like, that's something that shouldn't be happening. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Nintendo released, like, a list of temporary fixes. So, basically, you have to be in, like, an isolation chamber in order to play the Switch properly. Which, that, that shouldn't be happening. Like, we shouldn't have to have... I think have... someone said you got to put your headphone jack <laughs> in or something like that to, to make it work. It's No, it's, it's just, like, a, a bunch of stupid things. Like, there could be no interference with it. There can't be any, um, like, th th there can't be any possible blocking of a signal and that that's stupid to me my, my like hundred dollar uh car radio doesn't have to have a direct line of sight to my phone to bluetooth that that's a problem that we shouldn't be having that's something that that <clears throat> we shouldn't be worrying about in 2017 with ir and bluetooth technology that that that's that's kind mm -hmm. of unexcusable at this point um and I might be sounding a little harsh, but I, I there's there's really not a lot of room for. Yes, error. if you want to be taken seriously, <laughs> then you know these things gotta work. Especially with this being Nintendo's home console too, it functions perfectly as a as a handheld. There are no problems when I take it off the dock and I play it. Um, even when I take the Joy Cons off, because I'm typically sitting right in front of the small screen, um, and holding them either like under the table or holding them directly at the, the screen, it's whenever it's it's too far away or whenever I'm, you know, blocking it with my knee or I'm not holding it in the direct way. It's just stupid problems that shouldn't be problems. Um, I think uh, IGN may have given it like a 6 or 7 out of 10. Um, I mean, I'd probably give it a 7 or 8 out of 10. It's, it's nowhere near the best console I've ever used. Um, it's good. Again, better than the Wii U. I like it better than the Wii in terms of you know graphics and controls, um, but there's still there's still some kinks they need to work out. And I'm hoping that if they do work out the kinks for that controller for the left side, that they recall it and not make us buy another set of controllers. Uh, cause, mm -hmm. or, or or even like what they did with the Wii with the Wii Motion Plus, like that kind of thing isn't excusable anymore. You can't just throw out a uh, an extension for a controller that doesn't work properly because you figured out a way to make it work. Um, and they might have to, you know, you cut their losses on this one and be like, okay, guys, you know, we screwed up with the, the controller, with the way that this left one works. We, we need to fix this. Um, and I'm sure that they're working on it. I'm sure they're figuring out some sort of solution for it. Um, but that's something that, that, you know, if you're hesitant on buying a Switch right now and you've already bought Breath of the Wild for the Wii U, there really is no reason for you to buy a Switch. <clears throat> I bought it because I wanted to play it on the go because I live with six other guys and I'm not always going to have the TV. Uh, and it's really handy to have it on a small, or like not a small screen, but a 720 screen that I can carry with me um, and bring to and from places and even play on the big screen every now and then. Um, but if you're just looking for something to play Breath of the Wild on, you don't need a Switch. 
Um, I'd say to hold off on it if you if you haven't already <coughs> for them to give you more of a reason to buy it and to give you a more refined version. Um, I know that was really long-winded of me and I'm actually kind of sick so that's making my throat hurt so I'm just going to let Andy talk for a little bit. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be boring. My... Uh... I haven't had any controller issues with it yet. Um, I would, my, I mean, granted, my couch is fairly close to my TVs, and I've mostly been playing just docked. So, um, but no, I haven't had any controller disconnection issues yet. I agree. Like, if you're if you're hesitant about buying the Switch, you're in a money crunch, and you know, if you're wondering if Breath of the Wild is inherently better on the Switch, it's not. I, I think it runs marginally better um, on in the Switch. In terms of frame rate and stuff, notice. it's better. Um, mm -hmm. again, load times are faster on the Wii U than the Switch, which is still mm -hmm. kind of mind-boggling. I don't know why that, that happens. <clears throat> it, it's nothing that will will detract from your Breath of the Wild experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised <coughs> using the Joy-Cons as a controller. They haven't detached, <clears throat> and it, it does take a little bit of getting used to because the one the one joystick is up here, the other is down there, so it's it's weird after especially after playing so much xbox and uh getting used to that controller but um uh eventually i warmed up to it i think it's fine which is good considering that in canada the pro controller is a hundred dollars so that oh. was definitely not gonna happen for me <laughs> um the uh the handheld portion of the switch feels great i think that uh, we can all agree on that um i was uh, i i'd never held a switch before i, I bought mine actually so seeing um seeing the the joy cons click in and click out is actually like pretty neat because they make that switch yeah. snap or whatever it's actually so. pretty satisfying to hear yeah it's I'm kind of it's lie. a nice little extra touch um <clears throat> I, I mean i i knew that i don't have any complaints per se i mean i knew that the, the eShop is going to be barren right it, it, consoles just launched so yeah. i i didn't go in with high expectations for the switch i bought it because a I knew that I was going to buy it eventually, so why not just get it now and get Zelda with it now? Um, but if it would have been, you know, if if the Switch version would have been two weeks behind the Wii U version, I would have bought the Wii U version of Zelda. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the the thing that is, you know, inherently apparent about the Switch is that it's not going to get, you know, the big hd ports of, of AAA games because it's not going to be able to run them um i it, it depends on the game i'd say it, it um, depends on the game yes but i don't think we'll i, I see don't things... think you're gonna see you know like the next call of duty on this thing for well example. i think well we could probably see call of duty i don't think we're gonna see a game that's on par with like uncharted 4 um and there was no an interview... definitely not <clears throat> there's an interview that uh the developer the lead developer for the switch uh did today or yesterday that talked about why he went with what he did as opposed to a super powerful console i didn't, I didn't read it um all the way through i just read some tidbits but um mm -hmm. he discussed why they did that and so like, if, if you <clears throat> like the nintendo model has always been to you know produce a cheaper console with uh some innovative you know, designs to it or innovative. I don't want to say gimmicks, but it's got some unique uh, twitches to it, right? So um, this is very much in the same vein as that. It, 
when you when you take it out of the dock like it's incredible it's instantaneous uh when you put it back in you know it's fine everything fits fine it definitely isn't going to have you know the same especially with ps4 pro out there and scorpio you know presumably coming next year it's it's definitely going to look um you know it's it's not going to be on the same level as those which is fine which is i think everyone knows and expects that and and i don't think that there's anyone there that's buying a switch expecting that to compete with those consoles uh in in terms of power so as long as long as you know that uh you you probably won't be disappointed with that i I find that most people will have a nintendo system and an additional system to play other stuff on like like uh the xbox is my netflix machine right Mm -hmm. so uh and actually actually that's a that's a minor critique of it um is that it can't support uh netflix or anything like that yet um but i'm sure that's coming down in an update Uh, i think actually reggie said something about it today so i'm sure that'll be coming down the pipe at some time but uh yeah i mean the the console just launched it's less than a week out there's going to be some issues um there's definitely room for for improvement on um on a few things the the layout the news uh section of the switch is a little bit cluttered uh, yeah yeah just it's a little bit cumbersome but um I, I don't know. I guess I chalk that up to, you know, growing pains when you when you first launch a system. It takes a while to get into your yeah. groove. So And I do uh, like the simplicity of the menu. Um it's not like Yeah, it's it's not like the Xbox where, you know, there's there's stuff oh along the side. There's stuff on both sides, there's stuff in the middle, and then you have all your pins and stuff like that. So like thankfully this is incredibly simplistic. You know, you've got your avatar up there, you've got your games that you're playing, and then you've got a row of options down here. So Yeah interface wise it's good when you get into the actual menus it can be a little bit cumbersome because they're trying to give you a lot of information about the switch like how to charge what's coming out blah 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 there are Um, people that are complaining that there's no music playing uh over the menu and stuff yeah yeah, Um, i didn't notice that actually until you just pointed that out i mean it doesn't seem out of place though because like you go you have the ambiance on the ps4 um there's really nothing on the xbox um, and I think Nintendo is the only one that's ever really done music over the, mm-hmm. the title screen or the, the menu screen. Um, and I, like, I don't miss it. That's for sure. Like that yeah. annoying little, little Wii jingle or whatever it was. Is, well, like the, the Wii, like, uh, like the startup sounds fine. It's like the little me's talking in the background of the Wii. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> so luckily that's gone. I think the Wii U is probably one of the worst, um, offenders for that because you'd start it and you'd have all the the knees of their little stars what they were playing and like you hear people scribbling drawings and stuff like that it, it sucked so this one this one is nice in its simplicity mm-hmm. um so i mean i mean yeah like mm-hmm. like is it you know is it essential right now no you know <laughs> is there a lot of games out right now no i know uh i was listening to to kind of funny and, and colin was kind of uh given given the switch uh grief because there's not going to be a lot to play for it for you know the next at least month or so but i mean like like if you go into to buying a switch with the expectation of like okay this is pretty much just going to be my zelda machine for right now until i'm finished it in a month and then you know more content will will start to come out i think that you'll be fine Mm -hmm. um if you're looking for like you know if you're you're looking looking for your next big console this isn't it yet yeah this isn't it's, going to replace your xbox or your ps4 um, no it's I, definitely a nice compliment <laughs> to them is what it is yeah um and that's not to say it's not a bad not a good console um it's yeah not it, at all uh 
And the thing is, too, is, um, again, you don't necessarily need to buy it on day one. Uh, the, I got lucky because I had a scholarship kickback. And so I was like, hey, I've got money now. And uh, so I, I treated myself to the Switch and Zelda. Um, but there's there's still something to be said for the fact that it doesn't have a strong lineup for launch. Um, and the fact that games kind of got pushed back, especially Binding of Isaac. Um, I know that's not really a big game for many people. Like They weren't like, oh man, I can't wait to buy the Switch so that I can play Binding of Isaac. Um, mm-hmm. But they... Uh, that's still one of the things like, okay, well, one of one of the bigger, not bigger titles, but one of the bigger indies got pushed back. And then um, we don't, we have kind of a release date for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but that's a Wii U make. And, uh, <clears throat> or I mean, keep in mind too, like, uh, like E3 is around the corner. So that's I'm sure true. there's going to be a bunch of stuff announced there. So right now it's pretty much zelda or bust right like you can pick up one two switch if you're looking for a party game but if you're or snipper clippers or like like i don't know like like when i bought when i bought my switch i was like okay well i have zelda now i'm gonna i'm gonna play it for probably the next month so you know when i when i hear people you know kind of complain that there's not 10 games launching with it it's i don't know it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because it's like well do you play 10 games at once do you you know, yeah. do you switch? Do you play an hour of this, an hour of this? Like, like I don't. So maybe if that's an issue for some people, like absolutely hold off buying your Switch. If you, you know, if you know that you're going to get one eventually because you saw Mario Odyssey, you saw Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you know, you saw all those great games um, and you want to play Zelda, then, then pick it up now. Well, I think one of the things too, <clears throat> to consider is that as opposed to like the 3DS that didn't, just because it had a lot, uh, just because it had a bigger launch lineup, I didn't say big, a bigger launch lineup than the Switch didn't make it a great launch lineup. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only first-party Nintendo title for that was, like, the Pilot Wings um, and maybe Steel Diver. Otherwise, you had, like, Street Fighter and Lego Star Wars. And I think that was the... Aside from the Switch, that was the only other console, Nintendo console, I bought day one. Um, I never bought a console day <clears throat> one before for Nintendo. That, ate, that uh, it cost me a bit. They kind of made up for it quote-unquote, with the ambassador program and giving out, like, free games. Uh, but it, it was still kind of like, okay, you didn't have any first-party... Okay, Nintendogs, sorry. Nintendogs and Cats. You didn't have any big first-party titles launched with that console. Um, and that that hurt them. Whereas the Switch has a big, big, big uh, first-party game coming out with it. And I'd honestly rather have a big, good third-party or first-party game come out with a console than several mm-hmm. smaller, mediocre third-party games. Because, honestly, I'm only going to buy one or two of them anyways. I'm only going to buy a few games um, to play. Look back to GameCube. That's probably my favorite Nintendo console ever. The launch oh, yeah. lineup wasn't all that great. It had, like, what, Wave Race and Luigi's Mansion? And Luigi's Mansion was a fantastic game. It was um, a great game. The problem was you could beat it in a day. Yeah. So and it, and it wasn't until a few months later that Smash Bros came out, which kind of it got things up and moving. So I mean, it, yeah, if you're if you're on the fence, you know, give it time. If you're if you know you're gonna get it and you want to play Zelda, um, why not? Yeah, again, like th- there, there's not too much uh, else to say. Uh, if if you're if you have to have it, then go for it. Like, I'm not gonna tell you not to go buy it, um, but don't don't think that because you didn't buy it. Nintendo's not going to do well because they've already knocked away sales records internally with the Switch. Um, I think it beat out the Wii U for the first two, three days of its selling. Um, 
in terms of like the for like opening day sales i don't think it's completely beat out the wii in terms of uh sales record um mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it they're, they're doing fine um it's a very very good and very very well received console um despite its faults i think the i think the big thing that probably the majority of people that are going to be listening to this want to know is like uh, you know, if you did not buy a Switch and you're playing Zelda on the Wii U, you're not missing anything really. There's nothing inherently better about it. You're getting the same experience. I think the only thing that you'd be missing out is taking it on the go with you. Like um, that, yeah, that's it. And, and and to some that's nothing. To some that's everything. Because I know that that's one of the main reasons why Darren bought a Switch. Uh, is is he really wanted it on the on the go? Um, mm. And it's really it's really handy sometimes. Like back when I, I had it downstairs for a while but i got tired of waiting for the tv so i brought it upstairs uh and i would just sit on the couch <clears throat> and play it on handheld mode and there's nothing wrong with that it plays wonderfully and it's nice it's nice to be able to have the freedom to be like okay well i want to go out to uh you know go out with my friends to eat but it's a long drive so i'll take mm-hmm. the switch with me or i'm going home to spend time with my dad uh take care of him while my mom's gone and I don't want to bring the whole dock home with me. So I'll, I'll take the Switch handheld with me. Um, the portability is its biggest selling point. And if the, that's something that you think you have to have, it's something that you think that that would increase your experience with Breath of the Wild, um, because it doesn't decrease it. Um, let me put that out there. Like, I played some very key parts of the game on the Switch handheld. Um, so like, I, I took down one of the Divine Beasts. Or I, I uh, regained one, whatever, mm-hmm, you, I however you same. want to say it. On, on the handheld because it was 3 o'clock in the morning and I didn't want to go downstairs. Um, and it, it, I didn't feel like I'd missed out on anything by not having it blown up on a giant screen. Uh, it's just as good on the small screen as it is on the big screen. Um, so don't don't feel like that that's a, a, you're, you're getting a reduction in the game or the gameplay. <clears throat> that being said, if none of the features are appealing to you, the, the, the good... Uh, motion controls when they work the hd rumble the dock the portability if none of that's like man i have to have this console now for zelda then don't get it um there's no problem and i kind of slightly agree with uh colin too later on when he t- or a while back he was talking about uh colin moriarty not colin from Genesia, when he was talking about how it felt like the the switch was rushed in order to make it with the breath of the wild release date and i wholeheartedly wholeheartedly believe that I think that they wanted to release this game simultaneously on the Switch and the Wii U, and in order to have that happen, they had to have the Switch come out at the same day. <coughs> I think that the Switch reveal pretty much, you know, guarantees that this thing was not revealed, you know, until five months from launch. Mm. So, and so yeah, if you don't if you don't need it, then don't get it. If you know that you're going to get it eventually, you know, pick it up. But yeah, and you know, you're not missing anything if you don't. It's not going anywhere. It's here to stay for a while, we hope. Um, so, you know, just enjoy what you've got right now. If you feel like you want it, go get it. Uh, no one's going to hold it against you except for people that do. I just don't pay attention to them. Uh, but I think that's pretty much all I've got to talk about. We mm-hmm. had a good, long conversation. I and hope you guys are all enjoying Breath of the Wild. Yeah, we'll see how many of you actually listen to this and how many of you are still playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, after this, I'm gonna go play Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I should probably study for midterms. Maybe. Nah. Eh. I'll do that tomorrow after I edit, before I edit, whatever. We'll That's see. That's the right call. 
I'm a responsible grad student. <laughs> All right. See you guys, All right, guys. later. See ya.